Thanks for listening to the Women Emerging podcast. Every week we put up a new episode with insights into leadership, practical leadership, seen through the eyes of women leaders of all ages and all sectors from right across the world. Our aim is for women to be able to say, if that's leadership, I'm in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and join Women Emerging on our website, womenemerging.org. That's womenemerging.org for more fabulous free leadership content. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Julia Middleton here, Director of Women Emerging and your podcast host. I met Anne Lieb to talk about the five objects that would illustrate five things she'd learned about leading over the years. And she didn't have five objects. She had three. She only really needed three because her message is so simple. It's that, I think it's that leading can be made very complex, but for her, leading is about encouraging people and never, ever, ever missing an opportunity to encourage people. She makes the point that this is not a selfless act. If people are encouraged, they shine and then you shine. But the start is encouraging people. Her objects to me are quite haunting. Let me explain. Andalib is, yes, for sure, a corporate leader and works at Oracle. She's also a leader of the Pakistani community in the west coast of the US. And she's also a painter. And in a way, her three objects emanate from that part of her, the painter in her. And her objects are haunting, I think. A painting she did of her long dead mother, an image of a room full of mirrors, and a painting she did of lots of women where their mouths are not in the picture. But um, I think it's a very simple message, one that we often forget about encouragement and one that, if forgotten, begins to haunt us. Over to Andalib. Andalib, your first object is a, is a painting that you did of your mother. Yes. Why? Because I think my mom was very powerful. What did she teach you about leading? So she was always leading in a family like environment trying to make our family perfect food and like taking care of everything making sure that we are enabled to do what we want to achieve get what we want to achieve she sacrificed her things that she wanted to do that's how she taught me about the lead leadership that how you enable other and i think every mom does that try to enable their kids. So all moms are leaders. We just don't look at them and think of them as leaders most of the time. So it's made you into a leader who, who, who makes sure that it's not about you, it's about other people, don't you? It is. It's, so it's both. 
Okay. I think it's about you as well, because when you enable somebody, when you make somebody else's uh, dreams come true, you get that happiness. You get the sense of achievement. You get that energy out of it, right? And it motivates you to enable another person, another person. Sometimes you get the credit for that, some, and that makes you more energetic and try to do more things. Sometimes you don't. So it's it's both ways. It's not just enabling and making other people enable, but you're also helping yourself by making other people achieve what they want to achieve. That's how I look at leaders, not just not just thinking about what do you want to achieve and keep achieving it and keep using people to help you climb that ladder. Does that approach work when you work for an enormous corporate like you do? It depends. Sometimes it does, but corporate is a whole whole big beast, right? Um, sometimes, but it does enable like my current boss is she's very, I just had a meeting with her and she was like, she wants me to become me to become improve and become the leader or the manager so whenever there is an opportunity she gave me the opportunity to introduce myself she will bring me into the meetings i had boss that would not give that opportunity right they take that opportunity they want to present they make you do the work they make you do the slides but then they present so there are both type of people and it's your luck which type of boss you get which type of leader you have Tell me how you've translated this concept of leading into how you lead yourself. I was always tried to pretend that I'm a leader. You know, when you pretend something, that's what people see. So I got myself involved even when I was not working, even when I was a housewife. I was always out there volunteering. So that's where the Open Silicon Valley comes and few other organizations, charity organizations. So I was always out there trying to do things and like not just at a volunteer level and registration help and that I tried to become something like, you know, sponsorship lead, then vice president, then president. So my kids actually look at me as a leader, but to make them think that way, I had to pretend and I have to do things which my mom was not able to do. So you took this approach to leading when you got involved in the organization of Pakistan entrepreneurs, you were endlessly making other people shine. Yes, that is true. And, and not particularly interested in whether you shined. No, I was interested in shining myself too, by making other people shine. It's not selfishness. I always thought about myself. Like I um, found a lot of startups, um, different uh, women who were in successful or not successful. I mean, doing something in different fields. I brought them on the stage. Um, but then I also take the credit that I brought them, right? Like in one women leadership forum, I invited a rice farmer who was a woman. It's like Pakistani rice farmer who's a, like here working as a farmer. So that was for me. But now everybody remembered that. And they connect me with that, right? Oh, you brought the uh, rice farmer. 
So, I, I mean, I'm getting something out of it and I'm getting energy through it, right? I'm motivated. I want to bring somebody more unique next time. So it's mutual. It's not, I mean, you cannot give up yourself. You have to keep thinking about yourself. Because empowering other people is an amazingly powerful way to lead. Yeah. So I suppose we move on to that that room full of mirrors. Yeah. And since you first described it to me, it's haunted me. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, Andalib, I'm not surprised you haven't got a photograph of it. Mm. Uh, so we've just got a picture of a mirror here. Yeah. But go on, tell us about the room full of mirrors. Just tell us the story of the room full yes. of mirrors. I will tell you the story so you can imagine it. You don't need a picture of it because unfortunately I don't have it. If I realize the value of it, the purpose of that room with the mirrors, I may have taken the picture. And um, I regret it, but it's in my memory and I can describe it um, so you can visualize it as well. So we finally bought a new house. We have been renting houses, apartments for a long time, but then we were able to buy a house. And there was one room in which my mom had, so she was decorating those rooms and one room she had like big mirror on the walls. So the whole wall covers, so imagine the three, three sides of the walls are full with big mirrors. Um, and we were like, why these mirrors are there? We never... Like we thought it's just a decoration. It looks nice. So the room looks bigger, I guess. That's what she thinks. And the room wasn't that big. But then later, when I talked to her, she told, and she was around, I think, in her 50s. Then she started taking beautician course. So before that mirror room, she had taken that course, which never, again, which we thought she's just doing it to, for tampas, for, for herself, you know. But actually, her dream was to open a salon, a beauty parlor. Because in Pakistan, there were like lots of small parlors in the apartments and the house. Women will open it up in their houses. So her vision was so amazing. Just think about the vision that when she had a house, she got that ready for the for the opportunity that in, maybe in the future she can have it as a beauty parlor when all of us will get married and, you know, um, and that I, so she told me this story later and then we connected that why that room had the mirrors. But just if we knew that earlier, we could have seen that potential in her and maybe I could have funded, I could have like be with her and started none of us did anything. Nobody enabled her. Nobody, like, realized it. I always remember that room with the, with the mirrors as a missed opportunity. And the potential in my mom that we didn't realize. So she needed your encouragement? I think so. I mean, you just need one person to support you to start doing something. Because sometimes alone is just, just just hard. You need to encourage. You need some support. So how has that room full of mirrors changed how you lead? So that room, whenever I think of it, I feel of missed opportunity. So whenever it has changed my 
leadership skills or the way I lead is that I try to bring people forward, uh, what they want to do, what they're doing. I, I mean, I'm not saying that I do it all the time, but whenever I can and wherever I can, within my power, within my skills, within my range, um, like if I have access to a speaking opportunity, I'll try to bring those people forward. And is that why you got involved in the organization of Pakistani entrepreneurs? I got involved for other reasons because I wanted to stay. I didn't want her to disappear. I even I had three little kids. I didn't want her to disappear. I wanted her to keep doing something, keep staying in front of people and keep like I wouldn't say a leader at that time, but somebody who is prominent, right? Um, meeting people, networking. But this concept of the mirror, I way after that, I like I had that realization that what is it? What is that? What does that mean? And then that's when I started doing more for the organization. So I like sponsorship committee was the most difficult one where you have to raise funds. And I decided to do that. Um, although I was working at that time, but then I decided to do that because that's how I wanted to make a difference. I didn't want it to be a missed opportunity and not try that. I mean, I could have been scared and say, okay, no, I can't do that. I cannot raise $100,000 or, but I didn't want it to be a missed opportunity. And I was successful. So a lot of times you don't do things because you think you can do it. And that's when I feel like it's a missed opportunity. It's tried. Um, and that's how I then ran for the president and two times. <laughs> and then one time, then the last time I got uh, elected. Um, so I don't want to be a missed opportunity. And that's how I want to lead. I don't want others to be a missed opportunity as well. And did you surprise yourself at how successful you were? Oh, yeah. I'm still surprised. <laughs> so when I look back, I was like, how did I do that? But if I would not have done it at that time, it was been like, who knew that I, I, I would always be questioning myself. Can I do that? Can I do that? Just don't think, do it, you know? What the mirrors say to you. Exactly. And the worst thing is that you'll fail, right? What else? But sometimes that's how life is. You realize it after. But uh, I guess that's my message to try to realize it before it's too late. So in a way that leads beautifully into that, that painting that you did of women, which I think is the first thing I saw when I met you. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about that painting. So this painting is inspired by the servants in Pakistan. Servant, like these women, they come to your house, do your laundry, do your, um, clean your house, clean your floors, housework. So they come every day. The reason I painted it because I've seen these maids, basically they are the breadwinner for their families. Some of their husbands, they don't do anything. And do drugs at it or like or if even if they're doing anything but they they are the ones who make money and they fight with I've seen these women fighting 
outside with men and like a lot of people. Um, so I felt like, and they are actually enabling us to do the things that we want to do. And they're taking care of a lot of stuff in our life. So we, I mean, I, I know we're paying them, but I think they are contributing a lot in the society to make leaders, to produce doctors, engineers, leaders, politicians, because they're doing a lot of things for us. And I feel like they they have this very empowered personalities. I mean, going to someone's house and work while they're men and all, I was amazed always by these women. And they're not educated women. They're very illiterate. They don't, they don't know how to read and write, but they know about their, like, they, how come they have the concept of empowerment? So I always found that they don't say anything. We don't, and they do say anything, but we don't listen. We don't see them saying things, right? So that's why the lips do, are. Do I remember a story of, of a radio? Yes. Yes. And the, that's the, after that, actually, I, so one of my um, mate who used to come to our house every day um, and we used, we had a, not a, a, it's like a tape recorder. So we used to listen to songs and she always wanted a tape recorder. So after like, I think working many houses, she was able to buy a tape recorder, but the way you buy a tape recorder is on installments. So you buy it, but then for 12 months, you have to pay 100, 100 rupees, $100. I don't know the value at that time. So she bought it. Um, she was very happy. And after two days, she came, it was stolen. And it was stolen because the husband sold it and bought drugs or whatever he did. He just wasted that money and he sold the tape recorder. And then she ended up paying the installment for next 12 months. And she didn't have the tape recorder. So that impacted me so badly that I still remember. Um, and, and she was a very good looking woman, very like hardworking woman. And that actually started me thinking about it, like how powerful she was, that she was able to buy something for her house, for her dreams. And it was sad that it was instead of be, her being encouraged and valued the husband instead of making her enabling her he actually just like made her pay for rest of 12 months and she wasn't even able to enjoy the tape recorder that she always wanted so you painted her and many women like her mm -hmm. then you did then you made gave them no lips yeah, because they're not saying it, they're accepting it. They're not saying anything. They just keep doing things. But it's also how we are looking at them that they're not saying anything. That's how we look at them. It's interesting, isn't it? The word encouragement has come to your lips again. Mm -hmm. Just about your mother. and You see encouragement as one of the most important acts of a leader, don't you? Absolutely. Explain. If I don't get encouragement, I will, like, there's nothing for me. Like, leaders and people, like, for their food, like, you eat, encouragement is for you to do things. I know there are people who don't care and they just keep hardworking, they keep doing, doing, and they're exceptional people. Not everybody is like that.
but i think encouragement is so important it fuels you to do more it's like a it's like addiction so you do more and more like if you get an award or a bonus in, at work and you you asked me about the corporate world right that's how it works if you get a bonus or get a certificate or a badge like in our like some kind of some kind of written something even it doesn't have to be bonus that's how you say okay i got this i want more i want to do more so in any form encouragement is important and discouragement yep. as bad what can discouragement do discouragement do makes you well that's a good question because sometimes actually discouragement also gives you challenge to do now I'm thinking like like i have been discouraged several times but it actually gave me challenge to to do more to prove myself but at the same time not everybody is like that it it's it's not easy to be discouraged and keep doing what you want to do and keep it as a challenge it's like there are few people you can count on your fingers mostly discouragement people like take it really hurtful and say okay if you don't care then i'm not going to do it but discouragement can also give you challenge but that's a very bad way of giving challenge it's not a healthy way of doing it whenever i meet somebody and who has something unique or something they want to do i always encourage always like i try to support them i offer like how can i help i'll give you example one of my friends had like a art exhibition just going to the exhibition i'm encouraging her right so small acts it doesn't have to be huge you don't have to spend millions of dollars or anything it's just a small acts that you can do on a daily basis and that's what leading is mhm mm that's what your mother and her mirrors taught you yeah and i'm realizing it now i remember you telling me that that you know when you talk to women entrepreneurs you shouldn't just talk to the glossy smart yeah. clever successful rich you should also talk to the entrepreneur who runs the nail bar on the corner i think those type of people also be be, be used as examples not always the ceos of the companies i mean they're amazing they're doing a lot too but i think it should be all everybody not just not just hi-fi companies and you can learn from anywhere some leaders are like very motivated they want to be on top of the earth, become a president prime minister some people are happily leading their own small business and there are women leading small businesses everywhere in the world everywhere yeah restaurants uh dry cleaning shops <laughs> everywhere So your message to us which is a message that you've you've learned over a long period of time is that leading is about 
enabling other people and most importantly about encouraging other people is that right that is correct one main thing is realizing are our people around you what their their skills are what they're capable of doing because there are exceptional people around you and encourage them and try to provide enable them try to provide what whatever you can do within your limits within your range to promote them and get the best out of them so don't treat them as as faces without mouths yeah exactly you got the connection yeah and when you see that they set up a room full of mirrors find out why and encourage them yeah ask questions why somebody is doing something i mean it's an effort for you to look at someone else and encourage them but then again get the credit for it get the energy out of it you know so you're also feeding your soul getting energy out of it look at that then you will be more motivated to help because you can't just help people you can't just encourage people and not pay attention to yourself so never forget yourself and leaders don't forget themselves they always think about them even when they're enabling other person and that's how they get the energy thank you so so much andalib i think i set you up unfairly at the beginning i don't think it's a simple message at all is it it's um a message that we need to recognize women leaders whether that's our mothers and recognize that mothering is leading or whether that's recognizing the women around us who lead who might not be the shiny leaders but they are the entrepreneurs that make the world go round and then maybe also recognizing the leading within ourselves with that wonderful expression you use that i pretended to be a leader to persuade myself that i was a leader so that i didn't disappear when you started the pakistan entrepreneurs organization i thought that was fascinating so recognize it encourage people because people need encouragement as much as they need food and then remember that you're not doing this entirely selflessly that you are in it too because when other people shine you shine too that was a wonderful conversation thank you andalib uh sending my love to everybody another woman next week with another five objects lots of love To become part of our movement and share your thinking with us, subscribe to the podcast and join the Women Emerging group on our website at womenemerging.org. We love all of the messages you send us. Keep them coming.